Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. Mystical, mystical. That couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. There is never a time when Smile Your Soul comes up on my playlist that I don't turn it up and take it in. Sean Danielson lays it out there. It's just a plate full of realness. And especially on his solo EP, Food Chain. That is what most of this conversation circles around, besides our normal off-site tangents in which we meander. This was recorded in a parking lot in Battle Creek, Michigan, on November 15th, 2014, before noon. So, dude, we've been talking for like 10 years, probably every, every couple of years, I think, maybe. Pretty much, yeah. What? Which I totally appreciate, man. That's been so cool. What? What have? What have you learned in ten years that has, I guess, uh, brought you to this place to still sit, still sit down and talk into microphones? But what have you learned in the music business part of it? You know, I've learned that I'm willing to put up with all kinds of hardships to continue to play music. So would that be because? record companies i mean when you start out and you have bottom of the bottle right out of the from the get-go there's got to be something in you that's going i'm not and not in you but in the business that are going wow here's the next band right here's the next uh well yeah i mean there were events in between but uh yeah it's it was it was a pretty fast road from success to being to being dropped um you know we had a lot of success on that first record and uh we made a second record you know and and um anxiety anxiety and and essentially we ended up getting dropped because of our attitudes basically um but our attitudes were brought on by the label's attitude so it was a chain reaction and and it was just you know the everything went down the pooper kind of and and we did get dropped we were we were actually fighting to be dropped at that point because we were so unhappy with everything that was going on and uh and then from then on you know it's been very difficult to get a label to really really fully 100 percent support us so you know is it is it it interesting because that first song like you said it comes out you know even the first we had three singles from that first record that were successful and uh, you just assume it's all going to be like that. Right. And it definitely didn't all go like that, you know. Well, what happened, and you don't have to get too far into the sausage on this, I guess, but uh, <laughs> too far into the sausage. How many times <laughs> you hear that during an interview? I think that's the first time. <laughs> anyway, I say that because I got an advance 
uh, release of anxiety, planning on it coming out, and it just didn't, 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 didn't. And then finally, I heard that you weren't on the label. How does that, when you look back on that and you say attitude on the record company, an attitude from you, but now do you look at it and go, maybe we didn't approach it properly as opposed to the record company really screwing you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we were very young, very dumb, very drunk. And, uh, I mean, you know, we were literally 22-year-old kids, 23 at mm -hmm. th at that time, and drinking very heavily, partying a lot. And, uh, you know, there are definitely things... So you knew things, everything. Yeah, we thought we knew everything, and there are definitely things that we could have done differently that probably would have been better. But at the same time, when I look back at that scenario, I just do feel like there were things tugging at my soul to say fuck you to what was happening you know what i mean and uh it's it was the young dumb rebellious spirit in me and uh part of me regrets it but then there's part of me that that thinks fuck yeah dude like i stood up for what i truly believed in we stood up for what we truly believed in and we, we've suffered for it, but at the same time, we did what we felt like we had to do in our hearts. Got to suffer if you're going to sing the blues. Exactly. Exactly. So, one more thing about the first record. You ready? Ready. Were you too hard on your parents on that record? Oh, yeah. Probably. I'm just saying, now Now we're just sort of talking that 10-year span, right? Now that, you're, now that you're 10 years older, you go, wow. <laughs> I, I laid it, because you laid it out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, every I think every parent, every parent is going to make some mistakes and then do some things great, and and uh, they're going to do their best for their kid, and they just, I guess, they hope that their kid doesn't get a record deal and write a bunch of songs about <laughs> their parental skills. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> So let's talk EP. Let's talk uh, Food Chain. Cool. Um, which is the Sean Danielson record. Yes. I guess I, f I thought there was a, a sense of uh, you coming from a place of whether it's feeling stuck or darkness or just a... It's pretty just, dark. Yeah, just a different... And it's a different... I guess if as, I, as I'm thinking, as I thought about your records listening to this, there's sort of been an ebb and flow of... I'll say light and darkness, but that's really a huge thing. Right. But uh, but I felt like you're in that place here, especially when, especially the lead track. Right. It's almost like whether whether it's the first lyrics about I've been scratching at my eyes, hiding my emotions to the to the end. Right. Where it's just like you're not really sure what all this is about. You know. Right. But yeah, talk to me about waves. Waves is kind of about getting in that place where you're just going through the motions. You know. You're just yeah. waking up and doing your routine, but not really feeling it. I'd say that's a pretty uh, relatable concept these days. Yeah, my my fear is that is re you're totally right. It is totally relatable and it's totally real for I'll just say everybody. Yeah. But how do you how do you how do you step out of it right because you can't live there because if you live there you're going to die there that's true yeah <laughs> you know that's true but i guess i guess you don't you just don't take that 
you just don't take that for this particular song, right? I mean, it's just this is just living in that world for those three and a half minutes or four and a half minutes, however long the song is. Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes you write a song when you feel just, you know, the the tip of the iceberg, or not not the tip of the iceberg. That's the wrong. Sometimes sometimes you write a song at maybe the lowest moment, I should say, and then. You know, that's that's you're typically here, mm-hmm. and then you fall way down to here for a minute, and you write a song about it, and then you come back up to here, and this is where you hang out normally, but mm-hmm. this is how you felt at that time down here, and you know, and then you just got a, a lot of people thinking you're extremely depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but it's just not true, right? I mean, I actually think it's kind of a the ironic part is is the in essence last line the joke's on me right sort of like well (laughs) joke's on me because that's the way the world is or something exactly yeah it's true it's it's everybody's dealing with that and and that's part of the part of god's humor (laughs) well i thought uh when you go into the it's the course isn't it i don't care about the clouds yeah i i thought um i thought that was such a great a great line because because you know, when I think when I'm in a bad sucky place like yeah it's all cloudy right now but when you're in a really bad sucky place those Bring clouds those yeah. clouds don't even matter though almost you know what I mean though just screw this it just helps feed the the place you're in at that point <laughs> and I here's a here's the funny thing I was thinking about you is because I think you throw out f-bombs in a particularly cool way Whatever that means. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm thinking, are you the guy who lays in bed and rehearses how you're going to say it? No. You don't. No, There's just You just not. allow it to come out, and it, that's the way it hits the the mic. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to place them in the right spot, you know, yeah. to get a certain effect. And But it's funny because uh, you, you, you actually saying that reminds me that this guy wrote wrote us on our Facebook one time, I remember saying, t- telling me that he tried to cover one of our songs and that in doing so, he really realized how dumb he sounded swearing <laughs> in a song and how much cooler all the singers that he listens to can actually swear. You know, so I guess, I guess swearing with a certain attitude is a developed skill, you know. <laughs> well, we're all given gifts. We're all given gifts. You just hope you can swear good on a mic. Well, do you remember the first time you heard in a song the F-bomb? And, I mean, because I think I remembered. I don't know what the song was. I just remember going like, oh, what, what did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Could have been a Beatles record as far as I know. And I, don't, I don't know. I just remember I just remember going like, you can't say that on a record. Right. So, and you're, you know. I, I can't, I don't remember a particular first instance, but when I was, when I was pretty young, I used to enjoy them. I used to enjoy them <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, it it does pull something out of us. I mean, I, 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 yeah, it does pull something out of us. How come you didn't title um, "Rescue Me"? Don't rescue me. Well, because that's, that's the gist. That's actually a funny story too. Is that originally it was titled "Rescue," just "Rescue," mm-hmm. and then when I recorded it, I think my producer may not have labeled it in the beginning and then when he went to label it he actually labeled it rescue me and it snuck through like that 
and got sent to the mastering guy like that where it got encoded into the disc as Rescue Me. So I actually had to change the name of the song <laughs> so that I didn't have a lot of confusion going on with with, with the song title. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't going to be called Rescue Me because the point of the song is Don't Rescue Me, like you just said. Yeah. It was just going to be called Rescue. Mm -hmm. And then it just got taken out of my hands, basically. Well, again, it's a song that it's about so feeling so stuck and just saying you know i guess it's a great it's a great track coming after waves right yeah it just sort of keeps that feeling going like but but don't even take your time right because i'm i'm already this messed up yeah yeah and and rescue me has a little bit of the overly medicated society yep. thing going on too you know i i was definitely have a lot of examples where i grew up it's a big problem, big time problem. And when you say overly medicated, do you mean it as prescription drugs? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Because I don't. Because sometimes you know when you can work outside that, whether it's whether it's illegal drugs or just taking Advil and everything you can all the time just to right. You know. Well, I'm. You know, I, soothe, I, I your, have a, soothe your bones. I have a lot of experience with with. Uh, hardcore pill addiction you know i have a lot of friends like i said where i where i come from i have i have a lot of friends that, that died because of it basically you know so um i've seen a lot of it i've seen the effects of it and it was something i just felt compelled to write about let me show you a picture i took literally 30 minutes ago that's what my brother took this morning wow. with his breakfast and i said you got it. I can't believe that. I mean, I, I, what's that? Three, four, six, nine pills. It's a cocktail. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I can't believe that every doctor that he's seen knows he's taken all those nine pills. Doctors these days, you know, I was telling you about my, early before we started recording, I was telling you about my fiance's old injury mm -hmm. issue and, and how they actually can't pinpoint exactly what it is that's causing the, the, this, these issues in her body. So... The first thing that every doctor wants to do is put her on medication she doesn't need. That's the very first step. Yeah. And that's the attitude of doctors these days. They're being paid by pharmaceutical companies to prescribe their drugs, overly prescribe their drugs. So it, it's, it's fucked. I mean, it's just amazing to me when I see a TV ad or if you see a magazine ad and they have to put all the uh, legal descriptors on there, right? Instead of this one-page ad about the purple pill or whatever it is, it's a four-page ad because the one is an ad, and the other three pages are everything that they have to do legally. To there you go, makes me crazy. Well, in, in other countries, they're not allowed to legally advertise directly to the population. P oh, drug, really? drug companies aren't allowed to advertise on television in Europe for example. And that makes sense. Why would the drug company be allowed to advertise directly to the patient? The patient is not supposed to be self-prescribing themselves anything. They're not supposed to be going, well, I think I need this pill. They're supposed to go to their fucking doctor, tell their doctor what's happening with their body, and then their doctor is supposed to know. Well, although I will say, I do, I do like the idea of of the more information to me as the consumer, maybe I can go, hey, should I be taking this uh, yellow pill here? And, the, and hopefully the doctor works with me. Right. Doesn't just say, yeah, that yellow pill will help you. 
it, they'll work with me and say, no, you, you don't want to do that. But but if they say, but if the doc comes to me and says, well, I'm going to prescribe. Wait a minute, I, I saw an ad about that. Aren't the side effects uh, lack of oxygen and potential death? I don't want that. Let's work around. You know, I mean, that's where. Because trust me, there's not a TV station out there that doesn't love all the drug advertising. Oh, of course, dude. Of course, <laughs> you know, it's big, big, big oh, business. It's bigger than big business. It's almost as big as the music business. Oh, wait, it's probably it's bigger. Big, probably bigger. Way than. bigger. <laughs> way, <laughs> way bigger. <laughs> Again, now we're back on where we should be. Uh, yeah. What business we should have got into, I, gotten into 10 years ago. I should have been prescribing people drugs, dude. I would have been a fucking billionaire. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, uh, let me go back down to Rescue Me. I know the de- I know the deeper side. There's there's more than what we see, but I'm too numb to feel a thing, so I'll take my pills. Isn't that isn't that the isn't that the 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 person that you're talking about who goes to the doctor? It's like I I, I don't care. I just feel bad. Shove them inside of me. That's the person you're just talking about, right? Yeah. You know, and much. and if the doc is willing to do that, well, happy day. Because you just made and, your customer happy, and the and a lot of docs are willing to do that. Yeah, these days. You know. But why are we willing to do that? That's what I wonder. Where did we get to a place of such hopelessness that we go, yeah, I'll take I'll take the pill to feel better rather than the. I think it's a slow boat. I think that you start out taking. I mean, a, a, a lot of people that that I personally have known. Um, that have had pill addiction issues, it starts with just a little bit because you're just trying to have a good time, you're partying or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and pills are so readily available because doctors are so over-prescribing them. They're everywhere. They're all over the streets. So, you know, you start out just taking this painkiller, that muscle relaxer or whatever because you enjoy it. And then you enjoy it so much, you start taking it more and more and more. And those things are very addicting. So eventually you get to a place where your body needs it. And if you and, and if you stop you will die. Yeah. You know. Slow boat is uh but, but slow boat feels safe. That's the problem. But it gains speed. And all of a sudden there's a waterfall up ahead. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's my little metaphor of the day. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the most insightful thing I've said in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, I love, I've always been a, a guy who can't stand materialism as I try to become a minimalist in my life, but, uh, but let's talk about beautiful things then, right? Yeah. yeah. Sort of, sort of the idea of mixed up priorities is what I jotted down and oh, yeah. been trying to get away from those people who have those quote unquote mixed up priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful things is definitely about materialistic, uh, attitudes and messed up priorities. But isn't that the same slow boat? When you're six years old and you want, you know, freaking, you know, handheld Nintendo. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's all it is. It's just, it's just that. I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I guess it's just that everyone's different. But, I mean, as a kid, I always liked toys and shit. I always liked uh, to have things, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, all, all you know, when I got older and... and my whole adult life I've, I've never been about having things i've never cared about the newest technology or having the coolest this or that I, i've just i've always wanted to have enough money to to do my music be able to do do what it is that i want to do with my life and and other than that I, things aren't really that important to me uh, why do you go into the 
I'll say Sitting Ducks World. That's what I thought about this song. I, it really connected with Sitting Ducks with me because right. because we are all in the place of well, this is the way it is, and we have as you as you get to in the uh, second verse, right? All I know is the governor is throwing the wall up between perception and what is real today, right? You know, and but we love that wall. I think we love that wall, or le- or we don't recognize it as a wall. One of the oh other. yeah yeah yeah, it's not recognized as a wall. I don't think. Mm. I think we're all put into it. We're manipulated mentally to feel that we're in a great place when in reality our priorities are pretty fucked up and we're a pretty fu- fucked up society and there could be a lot of improvements made that aren't being made. But we continue to buy up their poison. And oh yeah. And we don't even hesitate. That's true. But I mean, you know, speaking of slow boat, I just wonder if that, that boat is generations old. You know, because if the grandparents and then the parents, again, whether whether it's getting your kid to certain toy or certain clothes, all of a sudden you don't even know that there's, you don't even know you're on the boat. You just know that you feel satisfaction from wearing, you know. Brand new. Yeah. This or that. Yeah. It's true. It's funny because my crew guy, Xavier, and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, You know, like... We were driving through Iowa because we were playing in Iowa, and we realized that um, we both have family from Iowa. We mm-hmm. both have roots in Iowa. And what it was is that we both have grandfathers from Iowa that were you know, raised on the farm out in Iowa mm-hmm. and, and caught a glimpse of something more and, mm-hmm. and moved to California. My dad was born in Iowa, but you know, my grandfather moved to California when he was like, like two or three or something. So the bottom line is, yeah, it's been a slow progression from, you know, two generations ago, it was Iowan farm boys. And then, you know, by now you've got materialistic uh, douchebags growing up in in L.A. County, you know, driving this car and and wanting this this brand new laptop and that whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. material possession. And uh, so it's it's taken a couple generations, you know, and there was that whole economic bubble that sure. that uh, we were all living in for for quite a while there that made things a little unrealistic, you know. Well, in this song, at the end, you are saying to people, "Wake up and please notice what you have is not everything is cracked up to be." Wake up from this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So food chain a little more a little more personal. Yeah, it's it's pretty personal. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like uh believe it or not it kind of comes from our from the smile empty soul experience a little bit, you know, mm. because I feel like you get put into your place in the food chain and it's very hard to change that that place. You know, you've got you've got people holding you in that spot. Yeah, that's my question. Are are we made to feel like what my sense is here? Bottom feeders, right? Are, it, yeah, people want us there, or at least we allow them to make us feel like we're there. Yeah, it's it's tough to break out of the uh, 
the, the level that you're at with, with anything, you know, and, and move up or, 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 or change anything. You know, you, I think we all get put into a spot and, and held there by the people above us. So is that why there's pressure to write the hit song? Just give me the hit. I know there's a song out there by you. But, you know, I mean, is that why there's that, that kind of pressure? Because you feel like if I can get a hit song, literally, I can get out from this level that I'm feel that I'm feeling um, stomped down to. Well, yeah, I mean, that that is kind of the way it works within the, the music industry. Um, but the thing is, it's, it's not just about having, you know, writing that hit song, because what's a hit song? A hit song is just a song that gets spun a certain number of times. Yeah. So you've got to have that song of, of that quality to be a hit song, but then you have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay all the right radio people to play the song enough times to make it officially a hit song. So that's, you know, that's part of it is that, you know, um, if you want to change your place in the food chain in the music industry, it's not going to happen naturally. It it's not just going to happen. You you have to buy it. Or have a really great ass. You better have a really, really great ass, I guess, you know. So is the last song, uh, Broken Bones and Skeletons, is... Uh, I, I personally had, had a tougher time trying to go, oh, yeah, it's about... And I kind of jotted down, is it kind of somebody who's at the end of their rope? Yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely... It's another hopelessness feeling song. You know, it's it's uh, bumps and bruises of life kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll never know the answers till the end. Don't want to feel the sickness till I'm dead. Yeah, it's 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 pretty self-explanatory that one. You know, it's it's just a just a depressed ass song. You know, <laughs> yeah. why? But why an EP this time? Why not? Why not wait for five more songs to to make it the full the food chain LP, as it were? I don't know that I'm. I don't know about making LPs hmm. anymore. I mean, the bottom line is nobody gives a rat's ass. And, you know, you you kill yourself to write 12 songs and then record 12 songs. You know, the, the, the whole process with all fucking 12 songs, it costs you way more money, mm -hmm. takes you way more time. And you put it out. And the whole thing loses its steam and momentum after a few months, just, just like any release. Yet you spent way more money to create this piece and you spent way more time creating this piece. You can build just as much in this day and age with people's short attention spans. You can build just as much excitement with a release of five songs because it's a new release. Mm -hmm. So why waste your fucking time effort energy and money putting together this elaborate 12 song album that no one's going to appreciate because they're going to hear one or two of the songs and, and possibly just go buy those two songs off of itunes or just go and listen simply listen to those songs a few times on spotify mm -hmm. why why kill yourself over that you know i i i don't see smile empty soul making another full-length album and i'm not going to make one on my own either you know the other thing is too you know it's it's hard enough getting somebody to buy your album these days let alone if, if it's a full-length album that's ten dollars on itunes it's a lot easier saying hey this is 4.99 mm -hmm. my new release 4.99 go pick it up mm -hmm. it's yeah that's interesting yep it's an easier 
cookie yeah. cookie to sell, you know, essentially. And what about doing? Uh, I don't even know what you do uh, now in when you're doing shows, but but I just watched Donnie Darko, that movie. Have yeah. you seen that? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. I wonder if you would as a California kid. Yeah. But um, just just because of our all the sub stuff we've talked about over the years, but you know the the end credit song, the guy who covers Mad World. Yeah. I just dig that song so much because it just brought this whole other dynamic to this Tears for Fears song, right? Yeah, it's a and nice I just, cover. I, I was thinking as I was listening to your stuff, especially especially your slower stuff, that sort of, uh, um, um, what's the word when you don't have a lot of instruments, you know, when it's really broken down to just you and your just guitar. Just minimal. Just minimalistic. Right. But, but have you thought about just taking some huge song that has way more meaning than anybody ever caught from it and said, yeah, I'm just going to do like a couple cover songs, whether it's in concert or whether you throw them up on iTunes or whatever. It, I mean, it's not a bad idea. Um, I definitely cover, uh, I've been covering Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd on, on this mm-hmm. tour. That's always a fun one. I, I like doing covers. But to release a cover song on, on iTunes gets a little sticky because you're selling somebody else's song. Yeah, I wondered how a lot of stuff so you, works. So you actually have to get their permission. But what about like "Run Like Hell" by Pink Floyd? Just really slow. I wonder, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad idea. Just it's saying, yeah. It's definitely something that that uh, I I wouldn't wouldn't write off as an idea. But it like I said, it does get a little stickier when you're yeah. trying to sell something. Like for example, uh, you know, the producer I, I do that stuff with, Eddie, you know he's done a lot of very cool covers it, kind of the style of what you're talking about he, he'll take a song that was like a full-blown rock track mm-hmm. and had this certain energy to it and he'll he'll do a cover of it with a friend of his he, he has this one friend that, that plays nice nice piano has a beautiful voice and mm-hmm. and he'll do like broken down totally change the energy and the vibe of the song it's it's to the point where you almost can't tell it's the same song right right and he he did that with a whole slew of songs, and they all turned out very very cool. Um, and I I believe he was just taking them around for licensing purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a good idea, a cool idea. You could you could really change a song quite a bit if you if you go for it. Well, you know? I wonder if if it because I'm such a lyric guy. I just wonder if it brings more out from the lyrics. Yeah, but I wonder if it brings out more. Is it really a great song? Right. You know well, what I mean. That that's the thing about a great song is that it can be trans from one style to another style you know if if you because you could almost make bottom of the bottle a sad song because i think there's a i mean not that it, there isn't that sort of element in it a uh-huh. little bit because of where we're at right now yeah but at the beginning when you're writing that you're just like let's do this <laughs> you know let's find the bottom of the bottle and party or whatever you know what i mean it's not you, yeah and i just wonder if you can take that song and and just break it down and well, I do it acoustically on, yep. on this tour I'm doing right now, and, and there are some things about it that I changed to make it work acoustically, but it is along the lines of what you're talking about. Mm. I've, I've changed the song yeah. to make it to make it work acoustically. It's it's totally different vibe. It's mellow. It's mm-hmm. it's I'm not screaming it. It's it's, sure. and it works though. It still yeah. works. That's the thing about a, a good song. Like I said, you know, you could take you could take a song that's well written and just make a, a an instrumental piano piece out of it and it will sound amazing you yeah. know yeah. you can't you can't do that with a you know i'm not i'm not trying to shit on him or anything but you can't do that with a rob zombie song mm-hmm. 
you know you're not going to transpose that you're not going to take the rob zombie song and and play it on a you know on a piano and and just sing it in some some beautiful singing voice it's not going to translate right but i never in my life would have did what rick rubin did with johnny cash to take that nine inch nail song right yeah i never would have done that i never would have thought this is the song that johnny cash can just nail yeah and did yeah and in fact i love that version even better really yeah it's pretty cool i mean that's but that's what makes rick rubin rick rubin he could see that that would yeah again i don't know what what trent's intentions were when he wrote that song but i i feel that song so much when i hear the johnny cash version right you know i just feel it in a whole different way you know so yeah it doesn't feel so angry it feels very melancholy and very if not sad sad yeah, it gives it a de- definitely different energy. Yeah, right. which I like the energy on the Nine Inch Nails version too. But yeah. but it's definitely a, be- becomes a different animal when Johnny Cash does it. Yeah, and there is something cool, at least for me as a listener, and maybe for you as an artist, when when you are say a verse into the song and people are kind of going, I, I I know this, but what is this? And then when you hit the chorus, they go, Wow! Yeah, you brought the, you know you pulled that thing out from again. True. Whether it's a Pink Floyd song or whatever, so yeah, or a Van Halen song. I don't know if there's a Van Halen song you do it with, but <laughs> dude, I like always appreciate the time. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. This has got to be the like fifth or sixth or anyway seventh time. How many records so. you have out? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I catch you on tour each time, right? So. Seems like it. Yeah. Here's the deal. I love Sean Danielson. I love his work. I love his heart. I love what he does with the guitar. I, I love what he does with his words, even the swearing ones. I'm so glad that his vocation centers around his vernacular. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>